This is Smash Mouth Richie Taylor. This is First Class Jet Rooker. This is Tony Philippe, one half of the National Classics. This is Tyson Baxter. This is Royce Chambers. Hey, this is one half of the MCW Tag Team Champions, Mitch Waterman here. And you're listening. And you're listening. And you're listening to MCW Wire. MCW Wire. MCW Wire. MCW Wire. MCW Wire. Welcome to MCW Wired, the official podcast of Melbourne City Wrestling, where we take you into the minds of your favourite MCW stars. It's going to be another massive episode this week. My name's Simon Tackler. My co-host is Nims Azor. Nims, are you excited for today's interview? I'm incredibly excited for this uh, episode of MCW Wired. And just a reminder too, you can also get amongst uh mcw wide on the socials use the hashtag mcw wide keep your questions coming through tag it on your posts and whatnot because we really do get an unprecedented look into some of the superstars that we have at melbourne city wrestling and this guy look i didn't know too much about richie taylor before i got into melbourne city wrestling a couple of years ago but ever since then he's part of the furniture he is melbourne city wrestling he's a guy that lives it breathes it and He's also a ripper bloke too. Absolutely. And I think that's why the crowd has taken to him. You know, it feels like he can relate to Richie Taylor. And what an amazing run he's been on, especially 2019 into 2020. Some memorable feuds with DCT and getting in the ring with, you know, Robbie Eagles and Jimmy Havoc and just blowing the crowd away every time he steps in there. The groundswell is there. He's become a cult icon. He is smash mouth Richie Taylor. Richie, welcome to the show. Hey, Simon Nims. Thanks for having me, guys. Great to have you on board, brother. And look, it really feels cruel that we have to chat to you in these circumstances because 2020, you want to talk about having the momentum of a freight train being stopped. Your 2019 was just so awesome, man. And it's almost criminal that you couldn't continue that run into what was looking like a very, very bright year. Tell us how you've been coping through 2020 and some of the tough times that uh, not just well, us as fans, but even you as wrestlers, because you're built to perform in front of crowds. And when we can't have that or can't wrestle full stop, what do you do and how do you stay sane, man? Yeah. Oh, thanks for the kind words for starters, man. That's, um, that's really nice of you to say. But um, yeah, look, I had a lot of momentum coming into to 2020 and I thought, you know, I'll make 2020 my year. I'm not getting any younger. I've been around a long time. Um, and then, yeah, I had two matches and COVID hit and yeah, everything just came to a halt. Um, honestly, I think it's done me the world of good having this, having this break. I have missed wrestling to some degree, but overall, uh, I was really taking a toll on my like physical ability in the ring because I got a few niggling injuries here and there. And like just, yeah, just mentally, just having this year off, it's, um, it's done me a world of good. I'm like focused as ever and I'm ready to come back at, 2021 with a with a bang yeah it's interesting that you say that because there might be some fans who think oh why would richie need a break you know he's young we've only seen him in mcw for the past few years but you are a young veteran you broke into the business at a very young age i don't think people should be doing this in you know in modern times but back then you could get away with it you started when you were a teenager is it 13 you started in the backyard wrestling scene yeah so 13 I was backyard wrestling and it wasn't on a trampoline. Like we made homemade bases and we're taking all the bumps like on ground, on bark, like anywhere we could wrestle, man. And it was like full bumps, like storm cradle drivers, brain <laughs> busters, just crazy shit as you do as a teenager. And um, 
yeah, I didn't break into professional wrestling until I was about 18. So when you say that this year off is really giving your body time to heal, you really do mean it. In fact, one of my earliest memories of you was probably in the Thornbury Theatre. We're in standing room only, and I'm just too busy just watching the match. All of a sudden, we're standing kind of near where the balcony is towards the back. And if it wasn't for Simon going, you need to move because you both just came barreling into the wall. And that's sort of your, how do I put it? You don't half-ass it. You're 120% all the time. So this is, you definitely do need that time off. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Uh, for me, wrestling, it's its my passion, man. I love it. Like, even as, like, from such a young kid, even um, when I was backyard wrestling, all the matches I had in the backyard, I was given it 110%. And it's just followed over. Like, I don't believe in going out and having an easy night. I just, I don't like that mentality. I think, you know, people pay ticket and it doesn't matter how many people are in the crowd. You need to go in and you need to perform at 110%. And that doesn't mean you have to do all the crazy bumps or do everything, but you need to give it 110% every time you step in that ring. Do you think the sort of backyard wrestling start of your career influence the style you have in terms of giving that much every night because you know when you're starting in the backyard there aren't 500 people in the crowd like there would be at the Thornbury theater so if you already had that mentality back then does that keep you sharp and keep you thinking regardless of who's in the crowd my focus is having a great match and giving it my all because you know you sort of started with you were just doing it for the love with your mates you know like you said taking these crazy bumps in front of no one yeah, no, exactly, man. It definitely does um, come transition pretty easily over from the backyard. Because, yeah, like I said, just in front of the boys, just for the boys. And we were just loving it, you know? And then, yeah, when I become pro, it was a bit of a transition between backyard and pro because I had all this freedom to do whatever I wanted in the backyard scene. And then when I got to pro, it was a little more, no, you can't do this, you can't do that. Um, so I was, I was a bit restricted. And then I had a little break from pro wrestling. But, yeah, definitely from... Uh, yeah, young kid loving wrestling, trying to give 110% for the boys, and now it's for the fans. When you actually first sort of broke into MCW and you've actually got established guys that sort of share that same mentality, I mean, we've seen matches, you know, guys like Cracker Jack and even Lockie Hendricks can go really, really hard. You don't think that because Lockie's a very pleasant sort of dude. Did you have to sort of up your game to meet that level or were you pleased to sort of see, hang on, these are some guys that are like-minded like me, we can make some magic here. Yeah, that's a really good question. It's a really interesting question too. Um, I think every time you wrestle someone that's better than you, because I don't think I'm that good. So um, I, there's a lot of people that I wrestle that are a lot better than me. And every time you wrestle people that are better than you, you become better. So like uh, me and Lockie, we just have this amazing chemistry. He's like a, a guy I really love wrestling. Um, I've wrestled him twice and both times have been uh, really amazing and really memorable. Um, and yeah, just everyone on the at the MCW arena, you know, all the talent there, every time you step in the ring with them, you need to bring your A game because, you know, the fans uh, are clued on and they know what's good, what's <laughs> you know, oh, what's bad. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Sorry, guys. <laughs> um, yeah, but um, definitely, definitely have to up my game every time you're at the MCW arena. But I've still got that mentality of I need, I need to up my game everywhere I go. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter where, it, where I am. And do you think that mentality comes from sort of your training? So when you transitioned from the backyard to pro, you were broken in by, of course, Australian wrestling legend, Mike Burr. Was that something he drilled into you? You know, the mental aspect of pro wrestling and not just the physical side. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. He was definitely one of the people that told me very early on, doesn't matter how many people are in the crowd, you just go out there and, and give it your all. Um, and, you know, he was a hard trainer, man. It, it was different times. I don't think uh, the guys training these days, like it's hard, don't get me wrong, but back then you'd sort of just get beaten up. <laughs> so you sort of learnt to get hit. It's a contact sport, you know. So uh, I love telling this story that uh, one of the drills that Mike Burr made us do was stand in the corner and don't flinch. So we were just holding the top turnbuckle and like grimacing and Mike would just like forearm and chop us until... You know, he stopped. We just couldn't move. We just had to take it, you know. I'm glad training's evolved from there. (laughs) (laughs) Support for MCW Wide is brought to you by Manscaped. They're the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. And, oh, my God, I am so excited about this. Seriously, I've been jealous hearing about it for years now. Good news Manscaped has finally just launched in Australia. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, and you can be one of the first to experience their life-changing products right here down under. I talked about how we'd have to use the old hair clippers. They aren't built for those sensitive areas. Trust me, this is something that you want to get amongst because it's a hassle. It is a real hassle to maintain. And thankfully, the guys at Manscaped do the job for us. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Seriously, I reckon over the past 10 years, I've bought 20 different razors because of the combination (laughs) of like face, hair, back, downstairs oh, yeah, and no. you've got to label them and then sometimes if you're in a rush or you know they're dodgy their blades aren't good you've got to cross contaminate and use the wrong thing <laughs> no manscaped has you sorted for down there that's why they've redesigned the electric trimmer their engineering team they've spent 18 months perfecting the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created and just released a new and improved the lawnmower 3.0 trimmer it's going to get the job done You're not wrong. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And when I tell you this is premium, I mean premium. The the battery will last up to 90 minutes so you can take a longer shave. And the best part too, the waterproof technology allows you to groom in the shower. Yeah, which is always great. And I think one of the coolest features is the LED light. It's going to illuminate grooming areas for a closer and more precise trimming. If you've got bad eyesight like I do, you're in the shower without your glasses. You're obviously trimming a very sensitive area. Well, forget about that. Now you've got a guiding light to the family jewels. It's like the light pointing you Mm. to the treasure, which you're going to groom perfectly. Yeah, 100% there. Not only that, they've upgraded to a 7,000 RPM motor with quiet strike technology. And let's not forget about the charging stand. You can show your motor off loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is a convenient charging dock. It's powered by USB as well. So if you're listening to me speak right now, I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Trim that junk of yours. What's the code, Simon? If you want to get 20% off and free shipping, all you've got to do is use the code MCW21 at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. 100% get 20% off and free shipping with the code MCW21 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code MCW21. Last year, the biggest story and something that was very captivating, the real sleepers hit of MCW 2029, sorry, 2019, 
to me was your rivalry with DCT. Now, DCT is an international star. Now, anytime we see an international guest act come into, and I say guest act because that's normally what it is. They come in for a match or two and it's done and dusted. But I don't know if you were expecting that from DCT, that sort of response. And I damn sure know that he wasn't expecting such a huge fight from you. What do you think about now, especially when we look back in hindsight, when people talk about your rivalry with DCT, considering the fact this is a guy that's on another side of the planet completely and people can't wait for borders to open and stuff to get back so you can finish off the stories. Yeah, yeah. No, that's another good question, man. Um, Yeah, my rivalry with DCT, that was interesting, man, because I still didn't really know where I fit in at MCW. You know, like I had a couple of good matches here or there. I wasn't sure of the direction that um, we were going and then, the storyline with DCT, that really elevated me um, to like the next level. And I think our styles, they mashed really well. Um, you know, I was, you know, like I'm a baby face and he was like this really dirty heel and the story just played out and the way it finished, it was, um, yeah, it was special, man. I just, I, that match could not have gone any better in my mind nothing for me that's my all-time favorite match i just can't i can't fault it it was special um the the reaction i got from the the crowd it like made me emotional i was physically emotional my brother was in attendance and he came up to me and like we had a moment at the end on the barricade um and, and yeah it was um i owe a lot to dct as much as i hate that man and when he comes back i'll beat the crap out of him but i do owe a lot to dct it's funny you talk about the emotional connection because I felt in the crowd at the Thornbury Theatre, in any time that you two locked up, it, was, it wasn't just Richie Taylor versus DCT. It was MCW and Richie Taylor versus DCT. I felt for the dude because he had not a friend in that house that night. <laughs> <laughs> Made my job a hell of a lot easier. It would be pretty cool to sort of see like, oh my God, everyone is behind me. There is not one person from seated to the rafters to out in the bar, out of the merch stand, they were all behind you. And that must be pretty special. It definitely is, man. Uh, like I said, I've, this has been a massive journey for me in pro wrestling. And um, just to have that sort of support and where when I started where wrestling was to what it's come, come to now and just having all this amazing support by the MCW fans, it's, it's actually unbelievable uh, f- for me. Um, but yeah, it, it was awesome, man. And I really hope that the fans get behind me in 2021. So see what happens. <laughs> well, you mentioned it there in that massive match. You had not just the support of the crowd, but the support of your brother. And we know he, from, we've heard you discuss it in other interviews, sort of what he's done in terms of bringing a bit of a cheer squad to the uh, MCW arena, to the Thornbury Theatre, and sort of helping to build that groundswell. How important is it to have that support from your brother who, of course, you were in a tag team with, you know, you debuted in MCW together a few years back, but how cool has it been to have his support and the support of, you know, your friends sort of build that cult following for Richie Taylor? Yeah, for sure. That's, it's very important for me, man, because um, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but my brother always said, he's like, man, you've got it. It's unfair that you aren't on these bigger shows. And he's like, we need to make people see it. He's like, so I don't care if I have to bring a couple of friends and we've just got this little posse. He's like, I'm going to make everyone love you. I do not give a F, right? Mm. And um, I'm like, yeah, yeah, all right, whatever, man. 
my brother likes to talk a lot of crap, all right? So I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then, yeah, they just rocked up to the first few and it just slowly built and built and built. And then I really noticed it against the match with Robbie Eagles. I think it was like March, I think. So it was like three matches in and like the crowd was 50-50 split. And I was like, what is going on here? <laughs> um, so yeah, that was really important and it, it really helped. Thanks, Zane. You're the man. <laughs> you talk about locking up with uh robbie eagles robbie's doing some fantastic stuff over in japan you've also crossed paths with adam brooks who's also got a bright future ahead of him uh, overseas when you see where guys like that have managed to go is that something that you'd also like to aspire to i mean you had your first international match across the tasman in new zealand but this is something that i want to really stress too it's not everyone's cup of tea to maybe want to go wrestle in Japan or wrestle in America or do stuff like that. There's nothing wrong at all to staying home and building what you have here. But do you have a, a little itch to maybe try venture across the seas? Yeah, man, of course, that's always been the dream. Um, like, first of all, I just want to say, like, I'm so proud of Robbie. I've known him since I think I was 14. So it's like over half my life. And I just remember like in the backyard when we were wrestling and like, we'd just put on DVDs and we'd just watch ROH DVDs and Japanese DVDs. And I remember having a conversation with him once saying, Oh man, imagine if one of us made it, how cool would that be? And he made it, man. And when he told me he signed, I got emotional and I hugged him and I'm like, man, no one deserves it more than you. That's amazing. Um, so that's to answer that bit of the question. Now I've forgotten. I've just gone on this tangent. Um, <laughs> so my path's been a little different because um, for the people that don't know, I had a son at 16. All right. So the cards I've been dealt have really forced me to stay here and not be able to travel at overseas and um, wrestle for these companies. Obviously I would love to at some stage, um, but if it doesn't happen, it doesn't matter. It honestly doesn't matter for me. I just, like I said, it doesn't matter if it's ROH, New Japan, MCW, any company around the world or here, I'm just going to go in the ring and I'm just going to do my thing. Just give it 110%. So if it happens, awesome. But if not, it's okay. Well, talking about that, I just want to touch on it because it's interesting. I suppose, you know, obviously not every son wants to follow in their father's footsteps, but do you ever think, to yourself, you know, would your boy follow in uh, your footsteps? Is he even a wrestling fan? And what does he think of the whole thing? It's funny. Uh, I would hate him to be a wrestler, for starters. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the good thing, he doesn't even really like wrestling either. Okay. Which is weird because it was such a big thing for me growing up. Um, and, you know, obviously it's, it's consumed my life. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't really like it. He's doing his own thing. So I'll just support him with whatever he wants to do. It's cool. At the moment, he's skateboarding. So that's cool. I used to skate. So we skate together now. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, he has moved away from wrestling. He's moved into something that equally has that <laughs> amount of pain. That's true. I didn't think of it like that. That's true. <laughs> when, when we talk about your matches at MCW, yes, that is your home base, but you've also traveled around the country. MCW is the home to some very, very cool wrestlers, but we've seen... Australian wrestling has just really, really exploded a little bit. How do you feel about being one of the kind of poster boys for Melbourne and Melbourne City Wrestling and our state, especially in a time like this where, you know, we've been doing it pretty tough. Do you have a sense of pride that you fly the flag so proudly for not just MCW, but for our state and our city? Wow. 
I I don't look at myself like that. I don't think. I well, man, if people the... if people were to say that you know who's an MCW guy that we think carries the flag for this company, I guarantee you you're in, you're on that podium, man. Really, I'm surprised to hear it. I, I really am, man. You know. Um, all right, here we go. Look, that's awesome. I'll, I'll carry the flag, man. Like I'm happy to. But um, you know, like I said before, for me, like there's just so many better wrestlers out there. And to be honest, I don't even know what it is about my style, I, style or what I do that relates to the fans. I think it might be because I am relatable. You know, I'm not. I'm not a Jack guy. Um, I'm not posting shirtless pics of myself every single day um i'm uh, you know i'm just i'm just an ordinary guy i like work in the western suburbs at a factory and i do i do this wrestling's my passion and i come down i think you know i'm, I'm relatable in that sort of way but yeah for flying the flag for mcw that's pretty big honor and i didn't think i did so it's the first i'm hearing of it <laughs> No, I think that's a great point. Now that Nims has said it, it makes perfect sense. Like you said, you're a hardworking guy, working class background, but at the same time, you are the most Melbourne guy. You know, from the tartan on your your outfit, the beard, the tattoos, you know, your vegan and straight edge into hardcore music. You are Melbourne and I can relate too. You know, I've got the tattoos and everything else. I know what kind of music you're into. I think that plays a part of it. I think you're a great ambassador for the city of Melbourne and for Melbourne wrestling too. Oh, that's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks for the kind words. But yeah, I call myself the not so common, common man, you know, because <laughs> I'm vegan and I'm straight edge. So that's not really that common. But I also work in a factory in the Western suburbs, you know, so that's pretty common now. So um, yeah. Uh, no. Every niche of Melbourne you can sort of relate to. I think that's what it might be. Yeah, that's right. No, no. And um, this whole vegan thing, I thought when I, because I'd never had Instagram and I got it now. And um, I've just started posting all this vegan stuff because like, I'm very passionate um, about veganism. And I thought I was going to get a little bit of a harsh reception from the fans, but they're on board. They're like, oh, that's just Richie doing his thing. I'll hit him up for some recipes or, you know, whatever. And for me, that's a really big message. Uh, you know, I like to promote my wrestling and what I do in ring with um, a little bit of a higher purpose. And for me, that's veganism. So I'm not going to preach it to anyone, but if, you know, people want to talk to me about it or want some recipes or some tips. I'm always there to help. So just reach out and, you know, I'll even go to dinner with you. It's like, I don't care, man. Like, I'm just an everyday person. You want to go for dinner with me? Just hit me up and we'll go eat some vegan food. That's cool. My partner, she, she doesn't eat meat. If I didn't go out with someone that didn't eat meat, I wouldn't be exposed to so many fantastic recipes and meals that you sort of miss out for yourself. So you talk about swapping recipes and stuff like that. How many people outside of wrestling actually hit you up and sort of go, hey man, you ought to try this or that know Richie Taylor as the veg and out guide, not as the wrestler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, quite a few actually, you know, because um, 2020 with COVID, you know, I haven't been really been able to post that much wrestling stuff because I didn't know, even know how to screen record until a few months ago. And then I went crazy with the screen record. So I posted all these wrestling stuff, but um, in tw- <laughs> I'm so mild, man, I'm old. But um, yeah, in 2020, I was just like posting all this vegan stuff, all these re- uh, vegan recipes and whatnot. And then, yeah, the community sort of got behind me. Then they hit me up. And then I was like on a few vegan, like Instagram lives or whatever, just talking about vegan stuff. And, you know, um, yeah, then I, uh, I've been really being able to connect with a lot of people in that community, which has been, which has been amazing. That's like one of the positives of 2020 for me coming out of that. Um, 
you know, being able to connect with the vegan community and them hitting me up um, for recipes and just, just talking about veganism in general. I'll talk about it all day. I'll talk about it all day. So if you want to talk about wrestling, we better get off this topic or else we'll just spend the next, <laughs> the next 20 minutes talking about vegan. <laughs> right. One more while we're on the topic and while right. you've got this platform here on Let's MCW Wired, what is Richie Taylor's number one vegan recipe? Oh, number one vegan recipe. Look, my go-to recipe is like a spaghetti and meatballs kind of deal, but I make it out of tofu. It's going to sound weird, okay? So don't knock it unless you try it, okay? I'll have you over for tea one night. <laughs> but it's made with like tofu, walnuts, and like all these spices that I put in and whatnot, and then they go in the oven and they bake. Now, it sounds weird, tofu and walnuts as the meatballs, but trust me, when it's got all the spices and stuff in there and in the sauce and in the pasta... Oh, it's amazing. Amazing. Look, if you asked me four years ago how much spinach and ricotta I'd be eating and putting into my food, <laughs> I'd be like, why the hell would you combine those things? So I get you, man. Sometimes you get some odd combinations, but they do work. That's <laughs> true. It's true. <laughs> Richie, let's, let's move back onto some wrestling because MCW has got, yes, we know about the established guys like the Natural Classics, uh, Lockie Hendricks, Cracker Jack, guys that have been there like yourself from the Essendon days, but we're also seeing some pretty cool young cats coming through. Jet Ruka's a guy that I absolutely love and you've tangled up with him in the past as well. Is there anyone at, at the next crop that, um, for, the, for lack of a better term, are sort of out to get you or you'd like to go, you know what, I'm going to take you to the learning tree a little bit here, young <laughs> fella. Who, who's some of the, the roster that you might like to, in 2021 and beyond, uh, lock up with and really, really uh, make some magic? Jet is definitely one of them. I've, like you said, I've locked up with him a couple of times before, but I... Um, I really like working with Jet and yeah, I, I just like smashing him in his pretty face, you know? Uh, <laughs> um, so yeah, Jet's one. Uh, Tyson, Tyson Baxter, he's another one. Um, I'd like to punch in the face. Um, Anth Carver, he's another one that I'd like to go in the ring with because um, I really like his character work and stuff. And I think we'd be able to uh, work off each other um, quite well. Um, I think, dude, there's so many. I can't even keep up. There's so many wrestlers out there these days. I can't even keep up with, um, what's going on. And like I said, this year with the break from wrestling, I've sort of not watched a whole lot either. Like I've completely just clean slate off wrestling this year. And then yeah, next year I'll get back into it. So I'm not even really sure who's, around or who's up and coming sorry guys i've got nothing for you well if we talk about one of the veterans also tying back to your history you did get the chance to step in the ring with your trainer mike burr it was a bit of a student teacher scenario how special was that match especially taking place you know at mcw a place you've always wanted to get to it was amazing dude that match should have happened 10 years ago we never got the chance to to wrestle before, even though he was my trainer and we're at the same schools and whatnot. But, you know, as fate has it, man, it just wasn't meant to be. And then, yeah, when I got the opportunity to step foot in the ring with him, which who knows, man, I don't know if it's going to happen again. We're like, let's go all out. Let's do the style that we love. It's like the strong style, beat the crap out of each other. And that's what we did, man, for 10 solid minutes. I had a massive headache for about two weeks afterwards, but, um, it was really special, man. It, it was good chemistry. The match was, I thought the match was, went really well. Um, and again, it put me on another level at, at MCW 
as one of the hard hitters there. Mike's obviously a guy that's transitioned into more of a trainer kind of role at the MCW Academy. Uh, when, when the time eventually comes, hopefully not for a good decade or so for you to also hang up the boots, is it something that you'd like to also get involved, maybe do some work with the Academy and pass on some of the stuff that you've learned throughout your journey to some of the next crop of talent? 100%, man. I'd love to pass on any sort of knowledge uh, that I would like. And not just in-ring, just, um, you know, how to how to conduct yourself out of the ring um, as well as, you know, this year has been a little bit crazy and um, you know, there's not enough focus on that in any sort of sporting club, you know, how you should conduct yourself, how to speak to people. Um, and I'm no saint. I, I've definitely stuffed up during my time and, you know, pe- people change, man. They, they do. And um, yeah, I think especially with the, the newer kids coming in that are like 18, 19, they need a mentor that I'm not saying I need to be that mentor, but someone needs to be there to show these kids how to act. Don't let your ego get in the way of things, you know, and just, just be kind to one another, man. Like it's, it's, that's what I try and promote too, man. Like we're all, we're all going through shit. Let's just be kind to one another and treat each other with respect. So yeah, as much as I would like to do stuff in the ring, I'd also like to yeah, do stuff out of the ring, how to conduct yourself. That's a great message. And always great to hear when someone wants to, you know, help others sort of continue, you know, respectfully with their career. Before we sort of move into some fan questions, I did want to talk about one of the big parts of your presentation in MCW is the entrance, living in, roll on, You've got the crowd singing along. Was that your choice? And how cool has it been sort of, you know, maybe introducing younger fans to that song because everyone gets into it now. How good is that? Amazing. Like you said before, I'm like from the punk hardcore scene growing up. So I used to go to their shows. You know, I went to my first gig when I was 13, nearly 20 years ago. My God. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I was, (laughs) you know, um, and I was was swapping between a couple of songs and I was getting like, nah, you can't use that one. Can't do this. And I was like, Oh man, what am I going to pick? And like roll on just suits me to a T is like real working class song. Like, uh, you know, and I was like, I'm just going to use roll on if they don't like it, whatever, but I'm not picking anymore. So I said, let's use roll on. And yeah, it's sort of become a phenomenon, you know, like when it starts, one, two, three, four, then everyone's clapping. I'm like, what? I didn't expect it, man. I, I really didn't expect it. So it's been awesome to get everyone on board with that song. And hopefully yeah. for people that don't know the living end, they know them now. Well, I think they would. That's the great thing about wrestling and music. There is that connection there. You know, you go to a wrestling show, you hear a cool song, you sort of can relate to it. You get into the band and also vice versa. It's always cool. Another big part, again, the tattoos. Like I said, I've got a few. You've got a lot more than me. Um, you started backyard wrestling. Were you also the guy who got a backyard tattoo to start with? You know what? I wasn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I should have been. But I'm so grateful that I didn't. I tried to get backyard tattoos forever. But for some reason, you know, I just never ended up getting, getting one. And then when I turned 18, straight into the tattoo shop. <laughs> Got my first one and went, oh my God, that sucked. I'm never getting another one. And then it sort of just exploded from there. (laughs) That's funny. People don't realize there is the break after the first one. You're like, oh, that was terrible. And then after a few weeks when, you know, sort of the the pain goes away, you're like, I'm going to get more. And it just, (laughs) it never ends. A hundred percent, man. A hundred percent. I always say to the people that say, oh, they don't hurt. I nearly fell asleep. 
That is rubbish. No, <laughs> no one thinks that. I don't, I don't care how tough you are or think you are. They hurt. Okay. So anyone getting a tattoo, they hurt, they suck, but they're worth it. That's a new t-shirt, that one. <laughs> <laughs> they hurt, they suck, they're worth it. It's <laughs> worth it. Uh, before we get to some fair questions, I do want to ask you, Ricky, about obviously the music plays a good part. I was having a look back at some of the venues. Simon's right. Pro wrestling and, uh, and punk rock and, live, and the live music scene a little bit intertwined. How does it feel to wrestle in some of the places where you might have seen some gigs at? So the, it's weird to sort of somehow see that, that Venn diagram overlap. Uh, do you find that pretty cool that these are some pretty good venues that you can perform as in your craft that uh, also shared by some people in like, uh, that you might respect in the music industry? 100%. That's another great question. Yeah, I thought it was really awesome. Like I've got to wrestle at the Hi-Fi Bar and the Corner Hotel. Now the Corner Hotel for me is... Man, that's the pinnacle. That was where I went to my first gig. It was Frenzel Rom and, yes. and the Bouncing Souls. That was my first gig I went to. And I died because I didn't know what to expect. I'm 13. I'm a child. That's how yeah. old my son is now. He's 13. Mm-hmm. I couldn't imagine him going to a punk rock show. And I nearly died and I loved it. So when I was able to wrestle at the Corner Hotel and put my merch up, you know, where Frenzel and the Bouncing Souls had their merch up, I was like, this is, this is crazy. This is next level. It was like... A real surreal moment. But yeah, it's just amazing. I've just been so fortunate. Like I know it's been a long road, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. It's it's just been an amazing journey. And yeah, to be able to have these moments to look back on is really something special. It's absolutely blown my mind you bring out that Frenzel gig because I I was, I'm pretty sure I was probably at that one or one of Frenzel's many gigs at the Corner Hotel. The the highlight for me was when a security guard was telling Lindsay to get off the speakers while playing Do You Want to Fight Me? And it just got, it's just one of those funny things. It's got nothing to do with wrestling, but I thought that's a pretty cool memory to share. Yeah, (laughs) that's awesome. Go Frenzel, I love you. That's weird. It's come full circle with uh, yourself, Nims, and Richie. You might have been moshing together at that gig. And then, of course, Richie went flying past us in the Thornbury <laughs> Theatre. Yes. There you go. <laughs> the circle of life. That's, That's what it, it is. That's it. All right. Well, let's turn to some fan questions because we've got a few from social media. Of course, use the hashtag MCWY to get involved and get your question on the show. This one comes from Matthew Dunn. Richie, what is your favorite match of your career so far? Look, it's got to be the DCT one. Uh, I think me versus DCT in the street fight um, will go down as one of my all-time favorite matches. There's, there's so many, but that's a uh, standout for me. Uh, Corbin Parnell has asked on Twitter, the top five wrestlers you want to work with? All right. So Adam Brooks, obviously I got to wrestle him a couple of times last year and he's amazing. And he really makes me step my game up every time I'm in the ring with him. So Adam definitely again, Robbie, my old friend, always, always need to step in the ring with him again. Um, I'd also like Stevie, uh, you know, in the singles, me and Stevie, I reckon we could do some really cool stuff. Uh, Jet, Jet as well. I want a singles with Jet and Chris Hero. Mm-hmm. All right, I just I need that match, man. I if I wrestle Chris Hero, I'll retire after that because nothing will be as as good in my life than wrestling Chris Hero. Um, like I love Chris because you know I started watching independent wrestling when I was thirteen and there was videotapes, and I've seen Chris come from nothing, absolutely nothing, to one of the in my eyes one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time just through hard work and dedication and i just think that someone 
if anyone's looking for someone to look up to in pro wrestling, it's, it's Chris Hero. Just these work ethic is amazing. And we've got this one. I think we know the answer, but Judge Flabtake asks, thoughts on your feud with DCT? Maybe if you could sum it up, you know, maybe in a sentence, how would you sum up the feud with DCT? Oh, how do I sum that up? It, man, I'm not very good with words. It, it was all right. <laughs> no, no, it was it was amazing. It was career changing, career changing feud with me and DCT. Uh, one more from Instagram. This is Jules versus the world. If you're in charge of a show in Melbourne celebrating backyard wrestling, who would you book for it? That's a good question. That's a good question. So I'm booking myself. Sorry, guys. I'm definitely on that show. Um, so me, Robbie, we used to yard together. Elliot Sexton. I used to yard with him as, as well. Chris Basso, uh, because he booked me in a pro show when I was a yarder. <laughs> that was the <laughs> best. Uh, that was such a good match. Uh, so, yeah, Chris Basso. I get Joel Bateman in on it. He's got that backyarder sort of style. Man, I could list a whole heap of names. How many names do you guys want? Um, you know, Matt Diamond. Matt Diamond used to yard mm-hmm. with Matt Diamond as well. CJ Phoenix. He's just started up again, which is awesome. And I really want to get in the ring with him. Um, yeah, that's just the, the name of you. It's yeah, almost I'm... like a super show, even if you're just taking former backyarders there. Like, geez, where everyone's gone, starting from that scene, it's wild. Yeah, for sure. Will as well. Will, he was amazing yarder. Um... Yeah, hearing that he used to watch Australian backyard wrestling cl- clips is so strange. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. I remember when I first met Will, and like I said, our names or whatever. And he's like, oh, are you the yardest? I said, yeah. He's like, oh, I used to watch it all the time. He's like, he's marking out for us. I'm like, no, 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 no. This isn't how this works. We're marking out for you. You're a superstar, bro. Yeah. But, um, for, any, for anyone who doesn't know, the Will we're referring to is Will Ospreay. Like, yeah. yeah it's-, <laughs> it's crazy. And like, I used to watch Jay Lethal. Jay, Yeath- Jay Lethal used to yard and stuff. And I used to watch him like on this backyard wrestling forums or whatever. He used to post clips and stuff. So... All right. Well, I'm gonna gonna end with this fan question because, of course, the show is brought to you by Manscaped, and this has to do with some manscaping. Lord Andy Coyne asks, "What's the secret to getting that sumptuous curl on the mo?" Genetics. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, not much, man. I just twirl it. That's about it. Um, before I go out to wrestle, I just put some water and just twirl it. And that's it. Genetics. I'm sorry, Andy. I can't give you anything else. Use some wax or something. I don't know. <laughs> Probably the only man that's been dissatisfied with a question, with a responsive question like genetics. Ah, oh, come on. <laughs> one last one. This one isn't a fan question, but it is a question that does need to be asked. Obviously, you're now part of the furniture at Melbourne City Wrestling, but uh, something that eludes that trophy cabinet is, of course, an MCW bit of gold. Uh, is that something that is definitely on the hit list for 2021 and beyond? Uh, I'm going to give you a real answer. All right. This is my answer. I didn't get into wrestling to win belts. I honest, I don't care about winning belts. If it happens, awesome. If not, it's not the be all and end all of professional wrestling in my, in my view. Um, you know, I know a heap of wrestlers that aren't that great that have won a whole heap of belts. And I know wrestlers that have won zero belts, but are amazing wrestlers. I would prefer to be, known as an amazing wrestler as opposed to the guy who won all the belts but isn't that great um so yeah obviously i would love to win a belt at some stage that that would be that would be awesome but if it doesn't happen it doesn't happen it doesn't matter i'm just 
I know I've said this over and over again, but this is just my mentality of professional wrestling. I just go in and I give it a hundred percent. doesn't matter if it's for a belt. doesn't matter if it's against the rookie, someone that's green, someone that's experienced. I would just want to put on the best performance I possibly can. It's almost like your mantra to be quite honest. It's really, no one sets out to have a great match. You either go out there and it is a great match or it's not. Yeah. Pretty much, man. Pretty much. Every match can be great. It doesn't matter. I don't care. You can always have a great match with someone. It's up to you to do it though. No one else. Yeah. But if you want a more, you know, character answer. Yeah, man, I want that belt. And I, <laughs> I was robbed of it last year. Okay. I was robbed of it from DCT and now I want it. And now I'm coming 2021. I'm getting that belt. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, Richie, it's been so great chatting. It feels like we could pick this up and just keep going. There's so much ground to cover. Hopefully we'll get you back on MCW Wired once things pick up, once we're back at the shows. It's been a really awesome time chatting with you and we thank you again. And before we go though, we know you sort of, you know, we, we heard there sort of going back and forth on how much you want to sell yourself, but give us the sell. If people want to follow Richie Taylor on social media, where can they go? So I have an Instagram page at Richie Taylor 90 or Richie vegging out i don't know one of those two <laughs> and um on facebook at richie taylor i got rid of my twitter twitter's no good it's disgusting deleted gone so you can't find me on there but yeah i'm more vocal on instagram so just find me on instagram richie taylor 90 massive thanks again to smash mouth richie taylor what an awesome interview like i said we're gonna have to get him back on and cover so much more ground he's absolutely killing it we hope you enjoyed the show this week of course, we want you to stay involved. If you want to get a question on the podcast, use the hashtag MCWWired. Uh, get involved on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. And of course, subscribe to MCW Wired. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. Make sure you subscribe and get the episodes when they drop. One thing I do have to mention though, Richie, on he, you got to check out his vegan page as well because there's some really good, there's some really good uh, recipes there and stuff like that. And like we sort of said to him during the interview, I feel like 2020 has robbed a lot of people of a lot of stuff. But as fans of MCW, I just think that we had a lot of Richie Taylor's great matches almost about to happen this year. But the fantastic thing is he sounds like he's ready to go for 2021. We're going to be too, but for the time being, keep it locked into MCW wide. Hashtag MCW wide on all the socials. We see it all. They see it all. And you can be part of the show as well. So it's the most interactive wrestling podcast in Australia. I'm going to say it is. Absolutely is. So make sure get involved. We'll be back in another fortnight with another massive interview. And if you want to check out any interview you may have missed, they are all in the archives. They're all there. Subscribe and get them all. Like I said, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your favorite podcast. My name's Simon Tackler. Nims, it's been a pleasure. Catch you in a fortnight.